Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alex, you and I are not experts on the CBA negotiations. We never played baseball professionally. We haven't been involved with the players union or the ownership side, of course. So let's go ahead and get somebody on the line who has. That's Justin Masterson, former Major League Baseball pitcher. He played here back in 2014. He's joining us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Justin, we appreciate the time, man. Appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight into this situation. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, We're doing all right. We'd be better, Justin, as you know, here in St. Louis, this is supposed to be like the best time of the year. We get to get excited about the Cardinals. They should be uh, less than a month away now from opening day. And instead, uh, we're talking about CBTs and we're talking about what the minimum salaries are going to be and what the owners are going to give and what the players are going to give. Uh, What has this been like for you now on the outside looking in, uh, just trying to interpret what's going on with all of these CBA negotiations? Uh, I'll tell you this. It's it's not surprising where it's come to because back in 2012, when I was sitting across from the table uh, from the owners uh, as a part of the union, hanging out with, with these guys who are way smarter than me, but you know, we're talking, talking to these owners and, and it was almost like even then, one, they don't get along with each other. So that makes it really difficult. They try and get us to be the ones to, like, negotiate for them. So we were supposed to, like, mediate for them to allow to do it. Uh, but even, even with that, it, it was like they've been building up to this point. Because, shoot, I mean, as much as they complain about not making money or this, that, and the other, you know, every single organization, the value of it is so much higher. And it's just – it's, it's really disappointing to me on the outside where I enjoy watching the game and, and still have a bunch of buddies in there to know that it just seems like ownership doesn't really care about the fans or the players. And that's that's really disheartening. And Justin, that's the part that has just gotten so frustrating for me because after all of these negotiations, that entire week that was spent in Jupiter where we were glued to our phones finding out if this would get done and it seemed like there was progress being made, the owner's comments afterwards were always, well, we're doing this for the betterment of the fans and we care about the fans. And it's like, if you cared about the fans, then I don't think these negotiations would be happening right now. I I, I would agree totally. Now, again, I know... You know, in everything, in every negotiation, they're trying to be give and takes. Uh, but it just seems lately, you know, over the last couple bargainings, 
where ownership has really pushed to try and take, 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 and and not really much give. And and I know they're they're trying to make up because the MLBPA is is one of the greatest unions in the world and and has a lot of power to it. And a lot of that is because the players are do a really good job of staying together. You take care of the people who came before you, and you try and take care of the people who are coming up, and put out a great thing for the fans to be able to watch. And you know, there's only been less than you know eighteen thousand people who have put on a major league baseball uniform within the history of the game. So it's, I don't know, it's just a really neat brotherhood to be a part of. But it is kind of sad to see it where, you know, MLB complains so much about how you know not many people are watching the game. We got to make it quicker. We got to do this, that, and the other. If that was really their belief, then there's no way that they would have any type of lockout right now, in my opinion. We're talking to Justin Masterson. He's former Major League Baseball pitcher. He was a player rep back in 2012 during the negotiations. And, Justin, you referenced that uh, a couple of minutes ago. And I I wanted to get back into your experience negotiating with Rob Manfred and negotiating with the ownership side of things. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Like, bring us into that room with you, if you could. What was it like sitting across from Rob Manfred and the owner's lead negotiators back in 2012? Well, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. In, in one sense, it's not as, like, uh, surreal as, like, I had built it up in my head because you're just in a, a conference room and you got some tables facing each other. And they're sitting behind their table, and we're sitting behind ours. Uh, you know, one of the neat things on the players' end is you will usually have, you know, thirty, forty, fifty players who will be there uh, to one to give their opinion, but also just to to be a part to show the solidarity that's happening. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, I felt like Rob Manfred was better when he was just sitting at the table, not you know when he's trying to. I don't know. It makes me miss Bud Selig, Bud Selig a little bit as a commissioner. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know him great personally, but there's a lot of things I didn't like about him. But Rob Manfred as commissioner just, just doesn't bring the same to the table as when he was just that head lawyer, the head negotiator across the table. He, he did incredible things. He could work his magic and, and do some great things. We, we'd have some communication going on. Uh, now, I will say this. Even at that table – there was, I think, six or seven owners that were representing the rest of the clubs, and and they they had their own little infighting, whether it's between small market and big market, or just this personality doesn't really like that personality. I mean, there's a reason those guys have been so successful in all that they do, and and sometimes it can be a little alone at the top for them. Uh, but but like I alluded to before, they're they're sometimes looking for us as players to to negotiate for them to allow them to be able to to battle against each other. And that's just not the way it's meant to be. And, and that's interesting because one of the things that's come out in recent days, there was a report yesterday from The Athletic about how there's four owners that came out and said basically, hey, we don't even want to move the CBT up to $220 million. Like they were, they were basically refusing to do so. And if you get enough of them to, to be in that line, well, the owners can't do anything. Rob Manford can't do anything. Do you think one of his struggles as commissioner, Justin, has been his inability to to form some sort of a consensus among the owners? Like, does he have a tough time wrangling those guys in the way that Bud Selig was able to back in the day? It definitely seems that way. Uh, I mean, from the get go, even 
even the rumors, and I can't say this with any you know uh, assurance per se, but as things have played out, it seems to to allude to that in the fact that even from the get go, the things that uh, he kind of said to different owners just to become the commissioner, you know, he, he wasn't able to really uh, follow up on because of of all the differences that are there. And, and maybe that's because his skill set is is better because he's a, he's a lawyer by trade, and and not as much of a, I don't know if you want to say a schmoozer or whatnot that you may need to have to make people feel good about themselves in that type of capacity uh, that maybe Bud Seeley had a little bit more, but no, I, I, it's it's from the get go of when he got there it just seems like he hasn't been able to to bring together the owners uh, the way that they had been before. Justin, in these negotiations, you know, we've we've heard about the, the CBT threshold, and I think the one thing that the common denominator that's been coming from the players' mouths have been, look, we just want more competitiveness in baseball. We want to avoid those teams that just are there to be tanking. How much, as a player, did that bug you when you had those, and how important is that from this regime of players' perspective? Well, people like to win, and, and you're letting more teams be in the playoffs, uh, just just over the years, more teams have been on and, and talked about it too. And, and so you want, like every time the, the trade deadline comes, it's like, are we going to do something or aren't we going to do something? And when, when nothing happens, it's like, well, I believe in the people that we got. Well, shoot, I believe in the people that we got too, but it doesn't mean we couldn't have added somebody. But, but there's no incentive. There's no you know, extra collective to go and do it except for those who are willing to take risks. And, and that's the idea. Everybody wants to have a chance. You know, it's the great thing about spring training and the, you know, the opening day, which has been, you know, taken away, but everyone, every single team thinks they have a chance, you know, then as it goes on, we, we get to find out really who has that chance, but, but it's so, it's not just so that people can get played more, but so that you can be competitive. And I think that's what fans appreciate and love to go out and see a competitive team, give a chance where maybe we can make the playoffs and, and shoot, maybe go even further than that and, and see if we can actually make it to the World Series, have one of those Cinderella runs or, or be a strong suit to do it. And from a player's perspective, following up with that, Justin, I mean, you've been a free agent before in baseball. Like, And you mentioned you referenced the guys who are still friends of yours that are in this game. How irritating was that? And was that a big part of this as well, where all of these free agents are standing there without jobs because teams don't want to spend money? Well, it's, it's, it's happened before, you know, there's, there's a time where, uh, what was it? The, you know, arbitration was at two years and then they, they wanted to push it back to three years because they thought that more free agents, they, they put more money into the free agency. Well, it turned out there was more players in the league in, in the history of the game that had three years or less because they utilized that, uh, for their advantage to take, to take those, uh, lesser players because in the end, let's look at if you're running a business and, and you have the opportunity to pay somebody less and maybe be successful or not, but you're not really like the outcome of your finances is not based really off of your success or lack thereof, well, then you're going to take the lesser because you know you'll make some money. Uh, not saying anything against that player that they're going for because it could be an absolutely great player. Uh, but if you're spending less money, that means you're making more money on the back end. The fans are still going to come and hang out. You're fans are being taken for granted when it comes to those type of things. And, and those are the hard parts that you see because you're like, Hey, just, just come on. There's great guys out there who are far 
better talented or maybe more mature in their talent level uh, than some of these others, and that will give us a better chance to win. We're talking to Justin Masterson for just another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Huge thanks to him for giving us so much of his time today. Uh, Justin, I I am curious. The one thing that I have wondered in these negotiations, and it's not going to happen this time around, maybe not even next time around, but in the future, I've been wondering, like, I understand why players have been so hesitant to go towards a salary cap in the past. Like, I think that was the right decision at one point in time to go there. But now, with the CBT essentially serving for owners as a de facto cap on the top end, and you have so many teams, I think there's six teams right now that are spending less than what the lowest payroll was five years ago. So they're spending less and less every year. Payrolls have actually gone down while revenues are going up. In your mind, is it time for players to at least consider going towards a salary cap that would both have a ceiling right now like the CBT and also implementing a new salary floor? Is that something worth exploring for the players? Well, I'll tell you this. uh, If you still got him on the schedule, if you got Jeremy Guthrie coming in, he's way smarter than me and he'll be able (laughs) to talk talk a little bit better on something like that. But I'll say this, you know, the as I talked about how they've been kind of building up to something, you know, the idea of not of being against a salary cap, ownership has been working really hard to either push some sort of floor or some sort of cap, and and so we've we've kept the cap and try and push it up in order to not actually have you know um, you know a true type of thing, you know the CBT to have that so there's not actually this cap going on. But their goals, as it seems, has been to try and turn that into, hey, to make it look like just like you said it. Maybe it's time to look into something like that. And, and I don't know. I, I just don't think it is. I think once you go there, because when you're sitting at that table, you know, MLB has, you know, 70, 100 really smart, intelligent lawyers doing a lot of work for them. And, and we as a union have incredible lawyers, but we got, you know, 15 or 20 who, who are trying to combat with that same type of thing that, uh, that ownership has. And so they, they've worked a lot of different angles that we're trying to figure out. And so it is, it's, it's a tough game, but at some point in time, somebody's going to make a decision and hopefully it'll be the right one where everyone will feel happy about. Uh, but in the end, I just really hope the fans uh, will, <laughs> will be thought about and we'll be able to watch some baseball just like we want to do. Man, we're all on on board with that. That's for sure. I, hey, Justin, we appreciate the time as always, man. Hopefully, we'll talk with you again soon as Yachty and Wayno are entering their final year. Your for, uh, former teammates, and uh, fingers crossed, they'll be able to break that record this year for the most starts together by a battery mate. All the best to you, man, and hopefully, we'll talk to you soon about some actual baseball on the field. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Justin. Absolutely, you got it. That's Justin Masterson joining us here on One Hundred and One ESP.